welcome to Vibrant Lives podcast, a podcast dedicated to your health and well-being, featuring interviews with experts about nutrition, physical and mental health, and my five-minute food fact series, short episodes where I discuss nutrition-related topics. I am Amanda Hayes, your host. I'm a former lawyer turned nutritionist, and I'm deeply curious about living and learning about how to live a healthy, active and fulfilling life, which I would call a vibrant life. I love sharing what I learn from my guests with you to help you live your vibrant life too. Before I introduce today's guest, I will mention that although I will often be speaking with experts, any information or advice provided in Vibrant Lives podcast is not intended to be used to treat or prevent any injuries or medical conditions, and it is never a substitute for advice from your own health professionals. Today I am here for the third time with triathlete and running coach, athlete and author Nick Muxlow. Nick was my first ever guest and I am sincerely grateful to him for that, for trusting me, as to be honest, I had very little idea about what I was launching myself into back then. In that episode we discussed Nick's first book which was Journey to 100 how to run your best 100km ultramarathon and love it. Nick appeared again in episode number 48, where we discussed triathlon and his second book, which was Journey to Kona, how to finish your best Ironman triathlon, qualify for Hawaii and have fun doing it. Today, we're keeping it real and talking about running in a more general sense, rather than the more extreme endurance events. Nick's recent book is called Get Run Fit, Improve Your Running, Finish With a Smile. This recent book is aimed at a much broader audience and it's an excellent resource for anyone who runs or who wants to run. And we'll be going into more detail about what you can learn from the book during the episode. If you've listened to any of my previous episodes with Nick, you'll know that he has a very impressive running and triathlon resume and I'll just pick a few things to mention. He has completed seven Ironman races including Hawaii where his PB is 9 hours and 10 minutes. His best time for the Eurobilla 56 Ultra, the race I recently did, is 4 hours 51 minutes. That is very fast. He has 19 years coaching experience. His marathon PB is 2 hours 45 minutes and he has been the winner of the Five Peaks Ultra Marathon, the Hubert 50km, the Cleland Ultra and Cleland Trail Running Championship. And my favourite is last year he won the Heisen 105 60km event in a time of 4 hours and 38 minutes. And to put that in context, it's an average pace of 4.38 per kilometre, which considering it's a hilly course on trails is, in my opinion, breathtaking. It's phenomenal. Anyway, without further ado, let's chat with Nick. Hi, Nick. Hi, Amanda. How are you going? Great. Thank you for coming back. So Nick's been a guest twice before on Vibrant Lives podcast. In fact, he was my very first guest. And in the last few episodes, we plunged straight into our discussion about ultramarathons and Ironman triathlons. Uh, This time, I thought it would be nice to start our chat with some quickfire questions, Nick, to get to know a little bit about you outside your role as athlete, coach and author. Nick, where did you grow up? (laughs) Thank you. 
Um, I actually grew up obviously locally, so just over in uh, Royston Park, which isn't far from St. Peter's in Adelaide, for those that know, um, yep. and spent, yeah, basically all my time, my parents' place was 200 metres from the Torrens, which I was Perfect. very fortunate as a child to have that. Yeah, that sounds great. What is your go-to meal for dinner, Nick? Uh, go-to meal for dinner has to be chicken pesto. Mm-hmm. Very Big nice. And, and easy as well, which is good. What are you reading right now? Uh, right now, I'm uh, reading The Practice by Seth Godin. Oh, so right. Big fan of Seth's yeah. books. Um, and yeah, so that was one that I hadn't sort of, he released it oh, probably 12, 18 months ago. Mm-hmm. Finally picked it up and I'm about three quarters of the way through really enjoying it. Oh, that's great. What are you enjoying listening to at the moment? It could be music, podcast, audio book. Yeah, I'm a bit of an audiobook person um, as well. So I've been listening to The Brain by uh, Daniel Eagleman or Dan oh, Eagleman. Yep, fantastic. Um, which has been, yeah, really interesting to learn, I guess, a bit more about, yeah, how our brain works and yeah. um, that side of things, which obviously links into the coaching side. Yes, indeed. Um, it sounds like you're a non fiction fan. Is that true or do you like fiction as well? Uh, when I was younger, I sort of tended to fiction, and then as I've got older, I basically mainly read nonfiction yeah. consistently. So there's a couple of books like I did like the like the Da Vinci Code and things. Oh um, yes, you know there's a few that I definitely enjoyed, but yeah. mainly nonfiction by far. Yeah, and are you a dog or a cat person, Nick? Hands down, dog. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> without a doubt. So. And Nick, your favourite or dream holiday destinations in Australia and outside Australia? Oh, there's, I mean, I love to travel, so there's so many. Yeah. Um, one that I'm really keen to head over to is Wilson's Promontory, or Wilson's Prom. Yeah. Um, never been there, so pretty keen. Uh, overseas, probably like Canada, Alaska. Yeah, cool. Um, kind of a a bit of a common thing with the mountains, the wilderness with both of those. Yeah. We've been to Canada, but not Alaska. That would be amazing, I reckon. So, Nick, uh, as uh, many listeners will know, you have written two books previously. You wrote Journey to Kona in 2019. And then in um, 2017, you wrote Journey to 100, How to Run Your Best 100-Kilometer Ultramarathon and love it. So I would say that your latest and third book, which we'll be talking about today, which is Get Run Fit, Improve Your Running, Finish with a Smile, which you published this year, I would say it has a slightly different flavor from the first two. The first two were about completing fairly extreme, I think, by normal human standards, um, endurance events. Whereas this one, Run Fit, is aimed at running in a more general sense, I think. So Nick, Who's the intended audience of this book? Yeah, so obviously very different flavour, as you said. And the the intended audience of this book is actually just runners, mm. period. Um, so you could be from like a 5K runner um, wanting to, say, improve and hit a PB. So someone that might be out at park run all the time. Or it might be three to the half marathon, full marathon, right up to your ultra marathon runners. Because what I really discuss in the book is actually relevant to all those groups. And I'm looking at the similarities between them. 
um, with the ultimate goal, as the subtitle sort of says, it's really about how to improve your running yep. and finish with a smile. Um, and it's really about uh, getting run fit and becoming a run fit runner mm. and what that actually embodies. So we, we will dive into that. But why did you decide then to write this particular book? What motivated that decision? Yeah, so there was there's a few different things. So I guess I, as a coach, am really fortunate that I get to see also the progress of others. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was also then looking, you know, constantly reflecting on my journey and my um, past experience that I had. And so then you started to really draw together the similarities mm-hmm. and the basically the challenges that people actually came up against. And so then you're kind of like, oh, well, hang on. We basically know that you're going to make predictable mistakes at predictable yep. times. And so therefore, it's like, well, how can we prevent that? And so that's where it really came together into um, the run fit method. Um, and that was really, I guess, the catalyst yeah. um, for actually going, well, hang on. These are the, the key things that people need to do. And this really brings structure to what we're doing and gives people the deep understanding that they need. Well, that's really interesting because for a person on their own running journey, you were saying there's predictable mistakes, but you don't know that yourself. So it's interesting for you because you can see it across the board, With mm-hmm. which which leads me perfectly to my next question. So before we dive into how to improve running, what are some of the common things that, that hold people back from doing that, some of the common mistakes, I guess? Yeah, so obviously, as I guess I just touched on, um, often like a scattered approach. Mm-hmm. So they're often not... Um, looking at the big picture and so they'll only focus on one aspect of their running and that's really leaving time on the table or you know that's hampering their improvement Uh, probably the other really really big one is a short-term focus yeah so runners often come in and they're you know they're focused on the next month the next 12 weeks they don't actually necessarily look at their running as okay i'm going to be doing this for three maybe four five years i mean most runners end up being lifetime runners yeah i would say and so it's like okay so if i'm going to be doing this in seven eight nine ten years time well, let's actually go in with a bit of that viewpoint and actually put in place the key building blocks to allow us to actually have that progression yeah. and that improvement versus, you know, trying to do everything in three months and then breaking ourselves and obviously not even hitting the start line of the yeah. race we want to. Or maybe not enjoying it if you take that sort of short-term approach. Um, so, Nick, uh, this is a question I'm, I'm curious about because my husband used to be a 400 meter runner so he often looks at people running and he'll critique them not in a Mm -hmm. mean way but just you know say oh that person's doing this wrong or whatever do you do that as a coach do you look at people running and you can't help yourself but to notice absolutely yeah i bet Um, i actually encourage everyone to do it because it's one way that you can actually improve your understanding around run technique and run form Uh, Because if you're critiquing someone else, then you're basically you're having to make a judgment on what they're doing well and what they'd potentially improve. And you then basically you can transition that to your own running. So I think it's really a good way to go. Yeah, I find that interesting. I am not I'm by no means an expert, but I do always look at other runners. First of all, I think, isn't it great that you're out there running? So, you know, kudos to anyone who's doing that. But it is interesting to think, oh, yeah, that person's wobbling their head around a lot or, Mm -hmm. you know, various things. So you've already touched on this, alluded to this, but in the introduction to Run Fit, you say we need a clear and logical process to follow 
when it comes to running because there is a lot to think about. And that might surprise people that there is actually a lot of aspects to running. So to start with, I'd just like to touch on the mindset of running. So can you tell us why mindset is important to running? Yeah, so mindset is really uh, the starting point uh, because we've got to be able to understand that we want to progress um, and really coming back to the process. And so runners um, who then focus only on the race versus actually the goal, which is to become a runner, or as mm-hmm. I would say, is to become a run fit runner, um, are actually then not necessarily focusing on the right thing. Yeah. Okay. So we could be um, improving in our training and doing really, really well. Now we want you to obviously have a fantastic race, but other things could happen and you might flunk the race for whatever reason. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean that you haven't improved. Okay. And so if someone then uh, hinges all their, their worth and their improvement actually on the result of the mm-hmm. race, then they can be come disgruntled yeah okay whereas if we focus back onto the process and the process of improving the process of actually learning the way of the runner yeah um, then that's what really you know is a, f- a massive part of that growth mindset um the other thing is with the growth mindset is actually being open to ideas okay so we've obviously got a core set of beliefs that we currently hold well are we open to actually changing those in the Um, improving them or putting a new set of core beliefs there that will serve us better in the longer term. And that can be really the other part that goes with that growth growth mindset. Um, And so, yeah, basically those two particularly are the kind of the two that I really hinge on um, to start off with. Yeah, that is interesting, isn't it? Because when you think, uh, if someone thinks I want to take up running or improve my running, mindset might not be the first thing that they think about, but clearly it's important. And then Nick, what are the differences in sort of quite basic terms between running, training and racing? Yeah, so running, which anyone can do, mm. I mean, we all do it. Um, and that's, you know, that's absolutely fantastic. Really, I see that as, you know, you might get home from work, you just go for a jog along the river that's near you, or you might go down to the esplanade near the water, um, wherever it is that you choose to go running. The difference then to training is you're actually, um, you're doing a run with a particular focus in mind. So you're wanting to improve a particular aspect, okay? Um, Now that can have all the benefits of helping you de-stress, getting you out in nature, helping you connect with people, but there's also this additional element um, that is really a focus um, and a plan that you're working towards. And then racing is really well that's where we bring it all together yeah so that's when you get to go and have fun on the day hopefully everything that you've been practicing and putting in place does come together yeah um but obviously if it doesn't that's where we go back to our our growth mindset and we're obviously focused on the overall goal um, which is to become run fit run fit i think what i like smile i'd say yes and what i like about that approach nick is that if um someone does go out to race and perhaps it doesn't go quite to plan if you've got a long-term view, then it maybe it, you see it just as a bit of a blip or a learning experience rather than a, a failure, in quotes. Oh, yeah. totally. Mm. That's really, um, you know, to, to understand it more, um, who was massively influential um, for this for me was uh, Dr. Carol Dweck. 
um, and her book um, called Growth Mindset, which is a fantastic read if anyone okay, um, cool. is interested in it. Amanda being a little bookworm, I know yeah. you'll be onto that. <laughs> Just written um, it down. <laughs> so, yeah, basically um, that's where, you know, if our whole identity is actually hinged on the race and we in our own eyes fail at that, then that can mean that we don't um, put ourselves in that position again. Mm. And that's where you can really run into the challenges. Whereas if we come back to, as I said, that process um, and actually looking at what we did, did well there and understanding that, well, maybe I've only been running for say a year for someone that's new to running and you're potentially comparing yourself to someone who's been running for 10 years. They've got a far bigger body of knowledge that they actually may have been exactly where you were 10 years ago. Okay. So you can't necessarily compare, you know, just on race results or that Mm. sort of thing. You actually need to go, well, if I want to become a runner, I've got to stick with this for, you know, a period of time. Yeah. Yeah. So, Nick, you've developed the Run Fit Method, which is a specific process, and you outline that in your book. And it ensures the runner covers all elements required to develop to their full potential. And I like this because developing as a runner, as we'll clearly see, is about a lot more than simply going for a few runs every week. So, Nick, you've come up with four pillars um, for the Run Fit Method. So, can you describe briefly what they are? Yeah, definitely. So I really, um, you kind of have to obviously see the diagram, but imagine you were to put, uh, say, four dinner plates down, um, two next to each other and then two underneath each other so that they all um, overlapped and you'd have this basically space in the middle. So the first one is the game plan, um, the first dinner plate. The second one is the mindset. The third one uh, is the skills and the fourth one is the fitness. And collectively, where they all collide in the center, that's where we find a run fit runner. Mm. Okay. Um, And there's basically uh, three parts for each of those that I really unpack in the book. Yeah. Which is amazing, really, because what, three, fours are 12. So, 12 elements um, of becoming a run fit runner. Yes. Yeah. So, Nick, I think it would be great to just uh, to give everyone a flavor of your book to take an example from some of those pillars and and discuss that. So in the game plan, you talk about deliberate practice. What's deliberate practice? So deliberate practice, um, this really hinges on my background as as a teacher um, originally. And so it is the way that you actually go about improving a particular skill. Uh, So it's probably best actually... um, illustrated with an example so say uh, there's someone that uh, goes and plays pick up basketball okay and they go and play basketball every you know wednesday night mm-hmm. they're going to improve absolutely okay but the player who then uses deliberate practice we actually have found out will improve quicker and what that would be is if that they went down to the court on their own and for instance took uh shots from the three-point line okay and they might choose to take five shots uh, from five different points on the three-point line now when they take the first shot they get the feedback about whether they executed uh, the skill okay so either it went in or it didn't okay so they're getting that immediate feedback and they're then able to use that feedback the next time they practice the shot so they can then obviously do it again and so on and so forth. And then they could move to the next point. So each time they're actually getting that feedback 
about um, whether they achieve mm. their aim or their objective. And so that is actually deliberate practice. Yeah. Okay. So what we actually then need to do is we actually need to transition that across to our running and make sure that we're really improving our running through doing our different training sets that yeah. bring in the deliberate practice. Yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense because using the basketball analogy, if someone's playing a match every Wednesday but not doing deliberate practice, they might do a couple of three-point you know, shots and they may not go in or whatever, but you're not then analysing that and doing it again. Yes. Yeah. So, and that really then comes back to uh, really what you said earlier about what's the difference between going for a run yeah. and training. And so, absolutely, go for a run. But going for a run is like the pickup basketball. Yeah. Lots of great benefits, a lot of fun, um, but won't necessarily always uh, assist your improvement if that is your ultimate goal. Yeah, sure. And so, that's where really training as a runner comes in. Well, then in terms of the next um, pillar, mindset, you've actually already talked a bit about growth mindset. So what is training mindset? Yeah, so training mindset, um, obviously there's there's lots of different parts to it, but one of the big ones is building the habit out, the habit Mm -hmm. of actually going and running consistently, not just when you necessarily feel like it, okay? And, you know, more often than not, runners actually can't wait to get out the door, okay? <laughs> but there will be times when it's going to be wet or it's going to be hot or you're a you're bit tired. tired or you've had work, okay? Um, so, that's probably one of the, the big things with training. Uh, the other thing really is, I guess, coming back to, again, that process. Mm. Um, and really, that's where you can see the growth mindset and the training mindset really kind of hinge together um, to work collaboratively. And I must say that, Having Nick as my coach really helps because you do the thinking for me in that area. <laughs> so yeah. I'm going out there and with a training mindset and Nick will set um, a set for me with, you know, hill running or whatever it is. And so I know I'm improving, yeah. but you've done the thinking. So that's great. And then uh, skills is another one of the um, the pillars. And the one that run form is is part of that but one I thought I'd like you to talk about because I think it's really interesting for people to know about when they're running is cadence so what does that mean and how do we measure it yeah so cadence is uh, how often your feet strike the ground per minute and that could either be uh, one leg which will give you a number about out of roughly 90 Mm -hmm. okay per minute um if it's both feet that counting it's going to be roughly 180 or in that vicinity normally Uh, so some people will be below that some people will be above that and really what we find is that um or i guess i don't prescribe to people having to be at 90 um which you'll obviously see in a lot of um running literature yeah but I do prescribe to people having to be above 85. Yeah. Okay. I kind of find as long as you're north of 85, that's fine. Um, and that that will also vary depending on what race you're doing because our speed or our pace as a runner is only dictated by two variables. Uh, so you've got either your cadence or your stride length. Mm. They're the only two options that we've got. So if I just relate that to a bike quickly, um, on a bike, we've got our cadence and our stride length on our bike is actually our gear ratio. And that's how um, the revolution distance of a pedal stroke to how far the wheel will travel. Mm -hmm. And so 
in running, that is our stride length. That is our gears. Yeah. And so they are the only two variables that we can change if we want to run faster. We either have to increase our cadence or increase our stride length. There's no other options. And there's obviously a real range of ways that we can actually go about doing that. Yeah, um, and playing so with those two. Yeah. Mm. And so because cadence is so important because I find it's easier to improve someone's cadence as opposed to improving their stride length um, yeah. initially. Nick, you gave me some exercises a while ago to improve my cadence. And I think you, um, I had to count for 30 seconds how many times my right leg hit the ground. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So I had, first of all, worked out what my cadence was and then worked to, I, in my case, I had to increase it a little bit. Yeah, so, so um, you can obviously pull your cadence up just on your watch. A lot of smartwatches will now mm. display it or you can manually count it. Yeah. So just looking um, on your timer on your watch or if you've got a lap timer, um, as you did, count it for 30 seconds um, and then try and improve it for the next 30 seconds yeah. until you get to roughly where you're hoping to get to. Yeah, and then it starts to feel kind of natural, which is yeah. what has happened with me, which is good. Nick, finally, when you talk about fitness, one of the aspects you talk about is strength. So why is strength important? Yeah, strength are hugely important. This is where I guess, I, you know, I, I built this basically out of looking at the mistakes I'd made as mm -hmm. a, a runner and actually as a triathlete um, and also the common mistakes that I was yeah. basically seeing other runners do. And so... As a younger triathlete, this was actually something that wasn't addressed for me. Sure. Okay. And that actually had a real limiting um, factor on my performance. And it wasn't until I moved to another coach that did this really well that I then saw that next breakthrough yeah. in my um, my training and my, ultimately my racing for me then. And so that, I guess that was the catalyst to then, as I look back, I've made these mistakes, as mm. I said. Um, and so that's why it's just so important. So strength, uh, particularly for the endurance racing, um, is hugely important over the back, uh, basically 25 to 30% of the race. Yeah. And that is really um you know, the ability to hold your run form well and actually having trained that. So if you're doing, you know, especially the half marathon, marathon, um, anything longer than that, uh, it's, yeah, real, real important. And that can then be developed either through the running itself, yeah. um, which is where we can tackle like the hill workouts mm -hmm. and things, or it can also be specific strength work in the gym. And when I say gym, that can either be an at-home workout uh, using some basic weights, or it can be a full workout um yeah in the gym using full equipment yeah i mean i think the good thing is that people can do it at home if they know what they're doing so it doesn't have to be an expensive gym membership no not at all mm. um so um you know with those that i work with i work with a lot of people that are parents um and parents are notoriously you know potentially short on time poor time compared <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that that's you know running has to fit into your life not your life into your running uh so don't see that as an issue like you know if we compare it to an 18 year old who's studying working a part-time job and then sponging know, off their parents yeah, exactly. perhaps <laughs> so you know that's where we just got to go well that's where i'm actually at and so one of the things they often can do though is they've got time at home um and so to be able to basically do that workout at home um is a great way to go others just actually don't enjoy the gym okay yeah. and they don't want to pay for a membership and that's fair enough yeah. so with some quite basic equipment 
um, you can have a fantastic at-home workout. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's something that I, I outline in um, basically the Run Fit Club and things. I, I imagine that people listening now are very excited to get out and run. An important part of starting or building up your running is not ending up injured. Now, that's probably every runner's worst nightmare. So, Nick, can you give us a, a few tips on managing our running load? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I was actually like the importance of this, especially if you're um, if you've had a break from running. So coming into summer, if people haven't done much over winter potentially, or if someone's been injured, uh, or someone's just purely starting out, the first sort of three to four weeks are super important. Mm. Uh, and so, yeah, I outline that a bit more um, in the book and really give you a full understanding about how the body actually adapts to training. Um, But basically the key things that I can really give now um, would be to basically monitor your your load and track your training. Uh, You also, you do need to plan it. Yeah. Okay. And it's when people don't actually put a plan in place that they really struggle because they either, they don't build the habit. So they're haphazard and it's um, sporadic or they'll do far too much. So I kind of go naught to 110. Yeah. Um, and then they're just, you know, they're blowing the amount of running that they're doing out the water and they start to improve super fast and that gives them more motivation. They keep running and then bang, they yeah. injure themselves. So that's probably the other key thing. And then the last thing, you can have a day off. You've <laughs> got to have a day off. You can do your strength workout on that day. You can go cross training, but at least one day off a week where you're not running is really, I think, quite important and overlooked. Yeah. Uh, and it does actually help you in the long run, build your fitness and strength to have that day off, but to let the body recover. Absolutely. Yeah. If, if you've done the work, the other ingredient is the recovery and that's yeah. what we need. Yeah. Um, I think it's a great time for people to start running because there's so much information like as you mentioned Nick when you were a young triathlete you you know you weren't really doing the strength work but now people starting out in these sports that knowledge is there so you know there's so much more knowledge I think yeah I might have um said it in one of your your prior podcasts because it was really sort of a catalyst for me writing my first book as a young triathlete I went and looked for a book that I could read that would help me improve. And I didn't find anything at the time that, you know, as a, you know, 16, 18 year old that was easy to read um, and could be read from cover to cover. So all the books that I've written are designed to be read from cover to cover to help you improve. Whereas I find a lot of other books in the space, um, and I myself, you know, I've got a whole collection um, of training books, but I use them more as reference. Yeah parts or I'll go and look, read a chapter or read a section um, as opposed to literally, you know, literally reading it through. How do I do it? And so, Because I think in your triathlon book, one of the things I really liked was you even went through how to do transitions and, and stuff like that. You know, you need to know all that stuff if you're going to race a triathlon. Yeah, totally. I mean, you gotta you got to be able to get from this all through the training, then from the start of the race to the finish yeah. of the race. Um, as I say on, you know, this book, finish with a smile. Well, yeah. you can only finish with a smile. That's the very last point yes. um, of the race. So everything before it is being put in place to allow that. 
uh, funnily enough, finish with a smile. I finished the Eurobilla with a big smile on my face, but that was mainly because I was so relieved to be <laughs> finishing. <laughs> and I felt, you know, I felt really good. I felt like my form, I was exhausted, but I felt like my running form was still there. So, yeah, yeah, that was great. Thanks to Nick. And Nick, throughout uh, RunFit, you've included some questions um, and they're designed, I think, to make the reader really think about their running and also to help them absorb the information because if you just read without stopping to think about it, then maybe you don't absorb it properly. The, an example is to list the reasons why you run. So if someone wants to take their run fit journey further, what are some of the options that you offer? Yeah, thanks. Um, I have a few different options. Um, probably a really good starting point is the run fit scorecard mm-hmm. um, that I set up, uh, which is uh, scorecard.therunjourney.com um, or just head to the website. Yeah, and Either I'll put links. Mm. Are there. Um, and that's a really good uh, sort of like prompting spot to really get an understanding of how well you're starting to implement it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can go, okay, well, hang on, I'm not doing a particular area. Well, let's actually focus and improve that. Uh, I also regularly run the Run Fit Workshop. Uh, online and so that can be accessed from anywhere in the world so uh, actually basically last week ran one in Australia next week I'm running actually one for um, a lot of the people that follow me up in the UK so I'm going to be up at 4 30 to get their (laughs) their time um, time zone difference so that'll be an early start for me but yeah basically I gradually um, aim to choose different time zones that suit um, runners in that part of the world Uh, so keep an eye out for that oh that's brilliant yeah, the, the final thing is obviously kind of like the, the pinnacle yeah. of what I've been um, building, which is either the Ultra Club for the Ultra Runners um, or the Run Fit Club for the Road Runners. And that's where I give you a personalized um, training plan and actually implement all this. So we've got a whole range of uh, like run blockbusters. So this Wednesday night, we're hearing from a professor of sleep. There's strength videos on the website. There's all videos to do with the game plan and building it out. Uh, every week I have a coach talk that I really, you know, get yeah. to talk to runners and yeah, basically they tune in and ask me all the questions that I've been asked every single question I think I can wow. imagine and more, um, from runners and yeah, basically they get the personalized feedback cause that's something that's so yeah. important and yeah, basically that's how it all comes together. So they're getting great results from it. I've had, you know, park runners take their, their times from high 40s down to 35 minutes wow, that's without great. being injured. Yeah. Um, I've had ultra runners, you know, go from finishing 12th to 15th to now being on the podium, taking an hour off their time. Wow. Um, I've had half marathoners hit PBs, you know, and, you know, they've been running for years. So it's getting fantastic results, but I still come back to it's about getting run fit. It's about improving your running and it's about finishing with a smile. That's so rewarding, Nick, for you as, you know, a coach and uh, run fit creator to to watch these people improving, which is your goal, obviously, with this. Yeah, absolutely. Like, Mm. I mean, if you had have asked me my dream job when I was growing up, this is literally it. But I never never thought that, well, I didn't even know that I could do it then. And back then I wouldn't have been able to do it because obviously, you know, internet wasn't even around and it's, um, it hinges on that. But yeah, it's just, it's absolutely fantastic to help people grow. And also that you've had so much experience now as well, which I think you probably need to be in this position because it's, you know, 
pretty much any scenario, you've probably been through it yourself or know a friend that's been through it. So, you know, you've got the direct knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. Like I I didn't recognize myself, like the the journey that I was on in terms of, you know, I, I would love to have been a coach. I was coaching lacrosse from when I was, you know, 15 years old. Um, and I remember sort of being up at Burnside, which isn't far from here and sort of being, you know, everyone as an adult goes, well, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I'm like, well, I love coaching. I love playing sport, but you know, that wasn't something that you could see. Well, I actually yeah. do need to be able to put food on the table. Um, so I sort of did the closest thing, which was PE teaching. And, um, while I was doing that, I was obviously, myself immersed in um triathlon running biking swimming and so now to kind of have that experience to be able to share that with others is just yeah something i thrive on yeah it's so it's so great it's such a valuable you offer such a valuable resource to people who want to improve their running and nick i just wanted to comment and and note that steve monaghetti wrote the forward to your book and that's amazing he talks about how your book is inspiring and it's it's great to get such a, a rap from Aussie running royalty. So, you know, well done. It must have made you feel good to have him do the forward for you. So well done. Yeah, and thank you. Nick, do you have a favourite runner, someone you like to watch running? Uh, well, probably um, Killian Jornet. Oh, he's, he's amazing. He's by far yeah. just, the, you know, just an incredible runner. Um but I also have very much the adventure side of me. So when I went through um, doing my teaching, I'm actually outdoor ed trained as well. And so I love, you know, getting out in nature. And that's yep. really why I guess I'm also drawn to the trail and ultra um, as much as I know I love the road as well. So who knows? Yep. Um, but yeah, just the way that he goes about it um, and really just enjoys getting out in nature. Um, yeah, as he well. is amazing. I think so. he grew up in the Swiss Alps or something. He's just yeah. been running his whole life. Hasn't I've got he? to go running over there. Oh, Some of the videos he puts up is incredible. Yeah, yeah, he's incredible. My favourite is Elliot Kipchoge because when you watch him run, he's like a metronome. He's just oh. so steady and his head hardly moves. You know, he's amazing. Yeah. Um, and he's such a decent human you know he lives yes. a simple life and gives back to the community and you know, everything about him is is fantastic i think nick uh, who inspires you uh, i'd probably almost say the runners that i coach and get yeah. to work with you know they they come to me with different races and sometimes i've never even heard of them oh cool I, I have to you know there's so many races in the world i have to look it up and then it's like oh wow that looks amazing <laughs> um and then you know i just see them improving and just enjoying it and you know that's that's probably what really drives me and just inspires me more than you know of you know obviously Elliot Kuchuge what he's capable of yeah. you know there's there's a whole range of runners that are absolutely outstanding um but yeah I guess I don't they're not at the grassroots level no and so yeah I love you know the the mum and dad's runner the new runner the 18 year old the you know the oldest athlete that I coach 74 possibly 75 now wow. you know took up training three years ago um and brought me on board then to see their development like that's far more inspiring to me than i guess because i'm i'm closer to them and i see that um that progression and you get the feedback from it as well yeah yeah so that's probably what inspires me more than anything is there an age where it's too old to take up running 
If you're fit, otherwise fit and healthy. No. No. So someone in their 80s, could they, if they wanted to? Absolutely. Yeah. If they wanted to, if they're, if I come back to, if they've got the growth mindset yeah. and they're actually willing to become a runner. Um, yeah. I certainly don't see why that wouldn't be the case. Yeah. Amazing. Nick, as always, the, the, one of the final questions I like to ask is if you could recommend a few things for people to improve their well-being, what would they be? And previously you've said get off the couch, in other words, move, and then include high-intensity interval training in your running. And then the next time you said um, to have a goal and break it down into smaller achievable chunks and also to eat a healthy, well-balanced diet. So is there anything you'd like to add to, to those? Yeah, really, I guess, for me, if I look at, I guess, the theme of this book is really taking that step back a little bit and looking at the big picture mm. of what you're doing, whereas the others are very much the how-to books. Yeah. Um, so I really, like I sign off and I always come back to, I guess, what is really my values, and that's enjoy the adventure, embrace the challenge and always have fun yeah and whether you're a road runner an ultramarathon runner a triathlete or anything else if you really hold true to those values then i find you can't go wrong so i'd, yeah. I'd really come back to saying make sure you basically do those those things so the adventure go and do something you've never done before yeah. you know push your comfort zones um get out in nature okay uh, for the challenge, again, challenge yourself to do something you've never done before yeah. or go for a run in a place you've never been before, a bike ride in a place you've never been before and then have fun. If you're not enjoying it and it's not fun, well, then why do it? Go do something that is fun. Yeah. Um, so I'd come back to that. But with the fun bit, sometimes when I'm running, I'm actually not having fun in that actual moment, like if I'm in pain or whatever, but... The overall feeling is fun. Like when you complete yeah. it, you feel amazing. and yeah. yeah, but that's the challenge. Yeah. So that's you that's you challenging yourself and pushing that that challenge. You know, life wasn't necessarily meant to be sitting in front of the TV eating no. popcorn the whole time or taking <laughs> the escalators. Like we've lost, um, you know, in my view, we've kind of lost sight of a lot of what can come from pushing our yeah. comfort zones. And, yeah. Um, you know, because of that particularly like, you know, kids at school they're not they're not happy to go to that uncomfortable feeling well let's go there let's go okay yeah this is fine yeah i, c I can withstand it. it i and can do it you i come know that's i mean that's one of the reasons i like doing the urabilla race because i just being in that headspace where you you are physically uncomfortable but you're pushing yourself anyway and you know you've done the right training so you know you can do it without injuring yourself I find that really interesting. And then once you've finished, you think, that was amazing. Like, yeah. When can I do it again? Yeah. Yeah, that and challenge. So, and so mm. for me, that that growth actually that happens in running also help, happens in a person's uh, life outside of running. Yep. And so they've now got this concrete evidence that, okay, if I follow this plan, if I take small, meaningful steps, I can achieve this goal that I never thought was possible. Mm. And they then mirror that in their day-to-day -day life. So they start, you know, tackling bigger things or maybe they're then working towards a job promotion yeah. or, you know, maybe it's being, you know, better um, father or husband, um, yeah. better, you know, mother. Yeah. So, you know, whatever it is for that person, um, yeah, they often see that parallel growth yeah. away from their running. 
We sound like running evangelists, don't we, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and Nick, if someone would like to uh, follow you or contact you or find out more about the, the Run Fit Club or method, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, definitely. So there's, I've got the runjourney.com mm-hmm. um, for the, the road runners. I've got the ultrajourney.com for the trail and ultra marathon runners. And I've actually got the Kona Journey. <laughs> .net. I'm about to change it over to .com. Okay. So, but either way, it'll, it'll redirect you um, for the triathletes. Yeah, and wow. And so, yeah, they're really the, the people I love to serve and love to help improve and get run fit and finish with a smile. Oh, that's brilliant. Well, we're both smiling talking about running here. So, Nick, thank you so much for being a guest on Vibrant Lives podcast again. It's a, always a pleasure to talk with you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And that was Running Guru, Nick Muxlow. I'll put links to my previous episodes with Nick in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening today. And I hope you found my interview with Nick interesting and or inspiring. If you did, please share the podcast and tell your friends about it. And if you could take a minute to leave a rating on Apple Podcasts, that will help people find my podcast. And I'm always really grateful for any support like that. You can subscribe to Vibrant Lives Podcasts on all good podcast providers like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and you can also subscribe on YouTube. Please follow me on Instagram at Vibrant underscore Lives underscore Podcast or on Facebook at Vibrant Lives Podcast and check out my new website at www.vibrantlivespodcast.com. There you can subscribe to become part of the Vibrant Lives podcast community and you can see the other things I've been doing like book reviews of health-related books. So thank you very much for tuning in. Eat well, move well, think well.